Gotta make it tall like Hokuseho. Fucking tree. That goddamn Groot tree motherfucker. Guy. Fucking Guru Guru to Guru to No Guru to. Yeah, how would you even like do that phonetic? I don't know. I don't know. What does you want Guru to this? That's that's his all he says. What does you want Guru to this? You know what we need to do is we just need to like find one of those Guardians of the Galaxies movies in, in Japanese. Japanese. Oh, I think it's on Disney Plus. Fuck yeah, man. They got like actual Japanese dubbed version. I think so. We oh, should man. check because I, I really want to fuck with that. You know, like, what does your good do this? <laughs> if that's not what it is, that's what it is now. <laughs> oh my God. Because that's literally the only thing that he yeah. says. So like what anytime Hokuseho like has a match, we could just start screaming that at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> what does your good do this? <laughs> I bet it's like nothing near that. I bet it probably doesn't have the Watashiwa. It might just be. Okay, okay, okay. We gotta, we gotta find it now. Okay, we gotta find it. Pull that shit up on your Disney Plus. See if you can find it. You got it. <laughs> oh my god! That's exactly <laughs> what he says. It's well, exactly it. Well, except for the, you know, I made it more formal with the des, but yeah. No, I mean. Watashiwa Guruto. <laughs> yes. That's fucking great. I oh love my god, that. I'm gonna be screaming that at the TV like every fucking show now. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. Watashiwa Guruto. <laughs> it works. Oh, or what was that? What was that one like Japanese commercial? It was like the long, long man or something. Wait, what? You've never seen that one? Look it up. Look that one up. That shit's got to be on YouTube or something. Long, long man. Yes! That's the one! Okay. Okay, so we're going to have to switch back and forth between... Watashiwa Guruto and Long Long Man. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's hilarious? We should make a soundboard. Holy shit. (gasps) We should make a soundboard. Just so we could have it like, you know, anytime we just need like a quick like punctuation sample or a clip or whatever. Like just just for Hokuseho? Not just for this man. (laughs) All right. Well, too bad Chio Taidu's not here because I would totally like actually record like that snippet 10 15 seconds of that you know man that brings me back I know. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know who has a name that's like kind of like that i'll know Ui you uh, fuji seiyun <laughs> that's well, what's another rikshi we can put on the soundboard oh like, god what's, what's some stupid thing we yell at the tv when we're watching these boss shows man big dan Big Dan. Big Dan. Large Daniel. I guess we can just record ourselves. And, and just like make it pitch it super low. Like, Big Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, I mean, put put me on the spot. I can't really think of like, you know, too many, but I know I have them. I know we okay. all think about okay. them. Okay. Every time 
Uhura comes on the screen. We just have like a magical like sparkle noise or some shit for Uhura. Or if we see him like fucking like when he starts bouncing off the dojo, if we could find boing noises. Yeah. Get to, do you remember that old uh, Gummy Bears cartoon? Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Just like play the theme song for that or some <laughs> oh my shit. God, poor Uhura. Do you think that in Japan, Uda might actually be the the Hamburglar? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, sometimes, honestly, in my head, I do picture him as Randy from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> with a gut full of dirty little cheeseburgers. <laughs> it's like, Uda. Man, I wish I knew how to do that whole part, you know, where it's like, it's like, Mr. Leahy, is that you talking or the liquor? In this corner, Weighing in at 3,320 standard uncooked hot dogs. Current holder of the Intercontinental Championship belt. Yeah, Jake. Mustard Tits the Murder Master, Matt Jim. Yeah! Yeah! In this corner, weighing in at material existence is meaningless and fleeting. Six-time zero-gravity-speed-pegging world champion, the soul-stabbing succubus of sass, Sabrina! Yeah, let's do this! And And this this is Sumo <laughs> Man, it fucking pumps now. I know. It's yeah. Like, I really, it, it does make me feel like, yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so we have a fat episode for a, a thick, it's, it's a meaty episode Lots for you. Lots of meat. We actually uh, watched the new Netflix series. Sanctuary about Sanctuary. five or six times. I don't know how many times you watched it, but I must have watched it all the way through about five or six times. I think I've got maybe three times yeah. under my belt because between like here and my mom's house, you know, this it's Mother's Day, so I had to go cook for my mom, and of course, you know, watch Sanctuary on my phone while I'm cooking. Yeah, of course, make her watch it too as yeah. your Mother's Day gift to her. And we also we also uh, watched it in English and in Japanese with the subtitles. It's actually surprisingly similar between the two versions. Yeah, very, very similar. There are some, you know, cultural differences that the uh, American dialogue writers did kind of take liberties with, but it's, it, yeah. it expresses the same kind of like sentiment and emotion, even though it's not necessarily exactly what they said word for word. 
And we're going to break all that down in just a moment. But before we do, let's talk about the upcoming events. In this corner on May 20... Wait, no. <laughs> May 20th. So coming up real soon, actually. That's this weekend. Yeah, that is this weekend. The U.S. Sumo Open in Long Beach, California. We're going to have people coming from all over the world. This is the largest tournament in the U.S. It's been going on for 23 straight years now. This is going to be a fantastic event. Evavent. Evavent. If you can make it out, definitely try to. There's going to be a live stream. There is going to be a live stream. A bunch of our homies are going to be there. We are still broke as shit. So yeah. unfortunately <laughs> we not. don't get to go, but we're going to be screaming at the TV at the live stream. Uh, the one last year was really fucking cool. Hayden from Dallas Sumo Club uh, participated and he did really fucking good. That and, dude is a beast. Yeah, and, I was, and seeing how Hayden did at Roller Town and, you know, just trying to fight him and practice. It's just like, oh, God damn. Uh, he's been training his ass off and I am super stoked to see what he brings to the U.S. Open. Hell yeah. All right. June 10th, the second annual Riverfront Sumo Open hosted by Grand Rapids Sumo Club held during JFAX at Devo's Place, 2 p.m. local time. There will be a training camp held on June 9th, the day before, and June 11th. Uh, both of the training camp days are at noon. And if you want more information, get in touch with Grand Rapids Sumo Club, uh, typically Gabe Unick or Micah Hepler. Those guys know everything Grand Rapids. Oh. Oh, hell yeah. Now, this isn't the one that's part of the big art uh, festival. No, no, no. This no. is the other one that they I think. Do. I think this is a, um, what do you call like a comic book convention or anime Ooh. convention, I think. I think it's something like that. Nice. Well, then after that, on June 17th, we're going to be having the second annual Cowboy Cup hosted by Dallas Sumo Club. This will actually be happening as part of the USA Fit Games at K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center in Dallas, Texas. So not actually part of FitCon this year after all, uh, but it will still be indoors so yes. we can keep ourselves safe from that brutal heat. Man, this is like one of my favorite I'm, tournaments I'm of really, the year. I am so stoked for I'm this. I'm way fucking stoked. This is going to be <laughs> super fucking awesome. And I hope to see everybody at this one because this is going to be, you know, Roller Town was a great like celebratory event, you know, an homage to, to Ozumo. But this is a tournament that counts. You know, this yes. this is a federation. So Yes. So tell us what's coming up in July. Ooh, July 28th through 30th, Raijin Sumo Club's North Carolina Sumo Camp. Come train with the U.S. Sumo Team as they prepare for the Sumo World Championships and World Combat Games. Raijin is located in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're not exactly sure where the training camp itself is going to be held, but we will have more details as we get them. And this is Eric Wynn. This is Edibo Konyeha. This is uh, Sensei Seth. So all of those dudes that are, uh, you know, that just Pretty really- Pretty big names in the amateur U.S. sumo world, honestly. Yeah, and, and they really showed out at Nationals. So, I mean, if you seriously want to train among some of the best sumo wrestlers in the nation, this is going to be where it's at. Hell yeah. And we are going to be trying to make our way out there so that we can participate in this. I mean, I'm probably not going to participate myself, but I'm at least going to bug you all while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's going to be great. I really need a vacation. Um, and I'm sure, you know, the, the extra training will be very beneficial as well. Oh, hell yeah. And then right after that, on August 5th, we have the Scottish Sumo Open in Glasgow, hosted by Clan Sumo and the illustrious Scott Fendley. So if you haven't already gotten your passports for this, it may be a good time to do it, like, literally right now. As you're listening to this, go online and sign up for your passport. Do it! It takes a while to get that shit. I don't even know if this is enough time to get it before you have to get on the plane and go, but you might as well try if you're really wanting to go to this awesome fucking tournament. Otherwise, you're stuck taking a boat. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not Can sure. you get to a boat on Scotland? I think to that Scotland would take longer, actually. Well, <laughs> you better get your passport. I don't know. Find some some Yakuza or something. To- <laughs> I mean, just tell them it's for sumo and they'll be like, oh, oh, it's for sumo. Okay, okay. Don't worry. We'll get you on the private jet. And always, you can always keep up with all of the events at sumo411.com, ran by Kellyanne Ball, and it is an invaluable tool. So check it out. Indeed. They also have an Instagram page now, I noticed. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they don't have much up on there right now, but hopefully soon they will. So let's go ahead and get into the meat of the episode now. If you're listening, I assume that you have already watched the show. <laughs> because there are going to be spoilers. Spoilers, uh, spoiler yes. So if you have not watched all of Sanctuary, you should probably... Uh, go, go do exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were excited about it in the same extreme way that we were before it came out, I'm sure you you also watched it five times in a row. <laughs> for the rare person who, for whatever reason, has not seen it, you know, stuck in a cave in the mountains since it came out, got uh, yeah, abducted you, by aliens. And if you just got put back on Earth today after your cave alien adventure and you still haven't watched Sanctuary... Here's what it's all about. (laughs) Okay. Why don't you tell the kids? All right. So I do want to give a very small, quick disclaimer that this is the synopsis that Sabrina wrote. (laughs) Because I just gave it a quick once over and I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. So this is her words coming from my mouth. Kyoshi is a crass asshole and petty thug from a broken home. His family used to run a sushi shop, but couldn't keep up with the debt. So it shut down. His mom left his dad and now sucks dick for money whenever she's not busy publicly dry humping her inexplicably bare chested boyfriend. <laughs> Kyoshi is convinced by the Oyakata of Insho Stable to become a sumo wrestler, and he agrees only when he finds out how much money he could potentially make. Potentially. He is likely loosely based on former Yokozuna Asashoryu. Would you say Asashoryu kind of? Yeah, I would. And many other people have mentioned that as well. I kind of, you know, as the series progresses, I could kind of see a little bit. Definitely. When he arrives at the stable, he doesn't really take it seriously, refuses to do Shiko, and starts to get Mm -hmm. bullied by some of the other wrestlers. That's a big no. That's like 98% of sumo. Shiko is the Shiko is sumo. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Nevertheless, he does surprisingly well and is given the Shikona Eno, 
And I, I know that is another thing that I thought was uh, hilarious is um, the way that, you know, as English speakers, when we try to do all of this research on uh, Japanese sumo using these Japanese language sources, a lot of the times the kanji can translate into something completely wild or it would just give you the wrong thing. I think some great examples are anytime you try to look up anything about Shodai, he pops up as Masayo. Yeah. And if you want to look up Onosho, well, then you better look for Abusaki. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to look for, was it Oho? Was he Waipeng or something like that? Something, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these kanji actually have, uh, I wouldn't even say double meaning, multiple meaning. Yes. And they could be read in a variety of different ways, which is why a lot of these uh, sumo shikona are often get mistranslated using, you know, Google Translate or DeepSL, whatever that other one is. Yeah. So anyway, um, a scene that I thought was hilarious is whenever Eno was getting his, uh, his Shikona, whenever Ensho Oyakata was, you know, getting the calligraphy brush and was just, you know, writing out the kanji and he shows it to him all proud and he's like, Saru Zakura? That's lame. It's like, who wants to be Saru Zakura? You know, Saru is a monkey, you know, and then uh, Zakura, Sakura, you know, the cherry blossoms. Yeah. So he's the cherry blossom monkey. And he did not want to be the cherry blossom monkey. He's like, whatever. But then, you know, Ensho is like, it's not Saru Zakura. And he slaps him in the head. He's like, you're reading it wrong. It's N-no. And he's like, oh, that's still fucking lame. But well, like like you mentioned a moment ago, he's kind of an asshole. Very much an asshole. But the Oyakata of Inushima stable hates Ensho and attempts to sabotage him at every chance, mm-hmm. trying to get Eno expelled on a few different occasions for his irreverent behavior. Inushima Oyakata is just mad that he never made Yokozuna, feeling that Ensho somehow got in his way. Ensho is married to the daughter of the head of the Sumo Association, and she sometimes helps him get out of jams caused by Inushima. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's that's kind of a thing that I uh, you know wanted to touch on just a little bit. Um, there was a scene whenever Eno was getting reprimanded, getting in trouble. Inushima was like, "Oh, you you're out of here. You just need to leave." And and Eno's like, "Wait, is this because you could never beat Ensho during whenever you guys used to compete?" <gasps> Oh my God, that's it, isn't it? You never beat him and you're so mad about it. So now you got to act out. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I could be so insensitive sometimes. But that's what this is. Okay, okay. Definitely go watch the scene. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. I love that. And I was just banging on my legs like, oh my God, that's so great. Because sometimes I just want, I don't know. Anyway, so um, Eno meets a big-tittied hostess named Nanami, who immediately lures him under her mammarian spell. <laughs> <laughs> only to use him for his money. Eno also meets a slimy tech bro who promises to be his patron, but unsurprisingly ends up being a total huge douchebag. Mm-hmm. He occasionally sees a wrestler from another stable, Shizuuchi, in a nearby park. Shizuuchi has a scar covering half of his face, never speaks, and likes to stand in the park staring up into a huge cherry tree. In his own crass way, Eno seems to try to befriend Shizuuchi, buying him a drink, helping him tie his mawashi, giving him his first cigarette. But despite his quiet demeanor, Shizuuchi is a monster in the ring and ends up causing lasting damage to Eno and piquing the interest of the newest Ozeki, Ryuki. 
Ryuki is the very handsome and regal son of the master of his stable and former Yokozuna, Ryokoku Oyakata. His father is extremely domineering, very religious, and has shady connections that help him pull strings in the sumo world. He is extremely demanding of his son, and Ryuki finds it increasingly difficult to deal with the stress. These characters are likely based on the real-life Rikishi Wakanohana and Takanohana, possibly their dad or maybe their uncle. Probably well, that's what their I'm uncle, talking so, about. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, Takanohana, wasn't it? Who I I always get them confused. Which one was the one who was said to be part of some sort of like that's Takanohana cult? Yeah, and... there was there was some talk about Takanohana being a part of a. Uh, it was like a Shintoist cult or something yeah. like that, but they were also had connections to the Yakuza with running weapons. And there is a scene in the show where it shows them at this like, you know, Shinto looking ritual yeah. where everybody's chanting and stuff. And that's where like I really made the connection like, oh, yeah. I've heard about this before. And I started looking more into it and found on some of the Japanese blogs and stuff, other people making that comparison. <laughs> And so the uh, Ito character, he was, he's a patron of the uh, Rokoku stable, and he is also, um, I don't know, how would you describe him? Would you say cult leader? Would you use that term? He's part of that same uh, religious group that Ryokoku is. Uh, he's definitely a shady guy, though. He's I mean, a very he's shady guy. But the way Ryokoku talks got to him, power, yeah. Because Ryokoku seems like he is like not to be dominated. There is nobody above him. He was the Yokozuna. The way he speaks, he is very much in charge, and you dare not talk back to him or even question his but authority. But he does defer a lot to to Ito, Ito, which is like that kind of shook me. I was like, oh well, fuck. Yeah. Who is this Ito guy to have you know this powerful, rich, domineering man? This little old man, but he's scary. He's way scary. He's just this unassuming little old man but you can tell like there's something evil about him one of the situations that happens is and of course you know sanctuary is all about the uh the underbelly of mm -hmm. ozumo so of course they were gonna have to mention yaucho they gotta get that drama in there yeah so if you guys know yaucho that's the uh match fixing Mm -hmm. So whenever uh, there was the huge match fixing scandal, uh, a couple of was that twenty about twenty years ago, maybe almost twenty years ago. Oh no, it was it was more recent than was it ten years, ten fifteen years I ago. I want to say it was like twenty eleven. Oh okay, I was thinking like two thousand five yeah. for some reason. Anyway, so the uh, the re yeah I think yeah you're right I think it was twenty eleven twenty twelve. Mm -hmm. So the match fixing scandal uh, that resulted in the expulsion of some like twenty something different rikishi. Yeah, that was a huge deal. And what's funny is there had been people in the 90s who had come forward about that. Some of them who mysteriously died. There were people in the early 2000s who came forward about that. And these weren't just randos. These were former Rishi. These were Oyakata who were blowing the whistle on this stuff. But, you know, it got swept under the rug. It got uh, dismissed as just tabloid or, sensationalism or in the case of those two dudes that died of the exact same symptoms in the hospital around the exact <laughs> same time yeah well that was until there was finally an investigation and then they had to dismiss all of those rikshi because they were all a part of it yeah and there was a uh, another um oh gosh what was it uh freakonomics for whatever reason <laughs> 
had some sort of little blurb about it. Now, take this as you will, because I don't take Freakonomics worth a goddamn. But anyway, so what he was saying in there is that it was concentrated mostly to the Jurio division because everybody wanted to stay in Jurio. They wanted to remain Sekitori and they did not want to go back to Makushta. Yeah, they did make a pretty convincing argument for it, though. But at the same time, you know, epistemologically speaking, the rest (laughs) of Freakonomics is probably not the most. It's got some problems. It's it's definitely got some problems, but we'll leave that for another. Anyway, we'll get that to everybody. <laughs> so, you know, back to Yaucho Zumo. Yeah. Um, Ito was actually part of a uh, a ploy to try and get one of the, the Rikishi to uh, throw his match. Yeah. And so it was kind of a. It did not go the way it that It did not go <laughs> the way. And that's. It went quite the opposite. And it was during that whole scene involving, you know, uh, trying to blackmail someone into Yaucho Zumo. That whole thing just got ugly and it got dark. Oh, yeah. It got real ugly. It got real dark. I don't want dark. to give away any spoilers. Oh, I'm not going to give a, that, that in particular. Scene, but what I will say but... is but the, the tone, the way the tone shifts when they start to mention Yaucho Zumo, and considering that Sumo is considered to be, you know, one of the main pillars of it's Japanese sacred. cultural identity. Exactly. Yeah. But that tone shift whenever they were talking about Yaucho Zumo was very pronounced their yes. reactions to everything was very rash very ooh. brutal it was yeah. brutal and brutal is something that you can you know you could call call the entire show brutal it is an oh, exercise yeah. in brutality we are going to get into some of the parts that a lot of people really focused on about the bullying and the hazing and things of that nature that were portrayed in the show and how that compares and contrasts to what happens in real life we'll get to that in just a minute but i still have one last <laughs> paragraph <laughs> no, for the yeah. synopsis go ahead and finish <laughs> off that synopsis okay so while all of this is going on a Headstrong reporter, Kunishima, has yes. been assigned to cover the Ensho stable. She is resentful at first, but eventually comes to enjoy watching the wrestlers improve their skills. She also has a very rocky past and is often chastised for her defiance. I really like that character. I love Kanishima. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. She's she's, pretty she seems rad. like someone we would hang out with, honestly. <laughs> and you can tell from the moment they introduced her as, oh, she lived in the US for a while, that she was going to be a troublemaker. As, exactly. <laughs> just as headstrong and uh, Questioning irreverent as, as Inno mm-hmm. is, you know? And um, one of the lines that Inno says, um, and it's funny because it's uh, a scene where Kunishima is trying to write an article. And so she's going through all of these different um, videos and she finds a post-bout interview with uh, Inno. And I think the last thing he says before screaming into the camera and throwing his tongue out, you know, like <laughs> at, but, uh, he just says, I want to break sumo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he he definitely has a very irreverent and uh, a, a 
iconoclastic kind of attitude towards And him. I think that's kind of how uh, Kunishima really goes with her her journalism as well. She was formerly you know? a, a political, what do you call it, like a political journalist. Yes, who, yes. She was a political reporter. They, uh, they made, I think basically she was like a sacrificial lamb. Her boss gave her permission to do a story on illegal donations, but whenever the heat started to come down from the guys from above, he demoted her. Mm-hmm. to sumo and uh the thing about being a sumo correspondent is the secrecy mm-hmm. the non-disclosure agreements you know it's a it's very tamped down and you're a little I there's think a they, lot of stuff the jsa doesn't want you talking about exactly and mm-hmm. whenever you're writing something like they will blacklist you if you cross them oh yeah but you can really see the parallels between not just Inno and Kunishima but a lot of the different characters yeah they all have their passions and the things that they're they're striving toward you know and their their motivations can be very similar sometimes now, one of the interesting things about this show is that there are some former Rikshi who actually play parts in it. Yeah. And I'm going to give a little bit of a breakdown on some of those Rikshi right now. So one of the more notable ones, I guess you can say, would be the actor who plays Inya. In the show, Inya is the highest uh, ranked Rikshi in the in-show stable. He suffered some injuries, so he ended up dropping down. I think the highest he got was... uh, Komosubi. Komosubi, yes. He was Komosubi, and then he got injured. He went down to, I think it was Makushita. Yeah. And then, you know, he works his way scraping back up to Jurio before... He the, eventually decides yeah. to retire because his body's just too broken. It's yeah, it's kind of kind of sad. Yeah. Well, this guy was actually played by the former Rikshi Chionoshin. He is the older brother of Chionokuni. He debuted in 2002 and then retired in 2012 at Makushita 49. He is currently one of the wrestlers in the former Ozeki Konishki's sumo and sushi exhibitions and will be part of their U.S. East Coast tour this coming June. I want to go to one of these. One I of these do days. too. It looks like so much <laughs> fun. Awesome. I just hope they have vegan sushi. Word around the campfire <laughs> is if you uh, buy, um, what's that? If you buy a pricier ticket, you could actually wrestle one of them. Yes, I did see that on their website when I was researching this. You can like essentially buy a ticket to wrestle a like real pro rikshi. I know. I want to <laughs> wrestle Chionoshin so bad. Although at the Roller Town tournament with the uh, oh, doing the uh, Butsukari with Gagamaru <laughs> with Gagamaru. No, yes. that's just that's Butsukari. <laughs> that's not quite the same, but. Uh, a lot of people had said that um, doing Butsukari with uh, Gagamaru was like hitting a brick wall. Like yeah. he's just that fucking solid. Gosh, even though he's he's been retired for a little while now and he's definitely lost some weight, he is still just... His power old, exudes. Man. You could just walk by him and just feel power exuding from him. It's pretty awesome. Another very notable character who is played by an ex-Rikshi is the behemoth Shizuuchi, the monster of sumo. He is played by ex-Rikshi Hiroki. 
who debuted in 2005 and then retired in 2017 at Jurio 13. So he got pretty far up there. So he actually now lives in LA and has also participated in exhibitions with Biamba. R.I.P. Rest in peace. And Yama of the Yama Sumo Dojo there in Los Angeles. We know that guy. We do know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> one of uh, one of the uh, progenitors of Texas Sumo. Yeah. One of them anyway. So another character that I found that was an ex-wrestler was Takahashi. This guy is one of the wrestlers in the in-show stable. He's kind of... Uh, Inga, the the bully Rikshi's It's like lackey his lackey. Dude. Yeah. He's the one with like the white rimmed glasses. It's like the Yeah. So he actually goes by the name Mecca now, but his Shikona was Aonami when Aonami. he was wrestling. In his pro career, he actually only got up to Johnny Don ninety-four. Uh, but he also tours with Konishki for his sumo and sushi tours. And he's actually going to be on the East Coast with Chionoshin whenever they, they do their little thing. So if you want to kick that guy's ass and <laughs> buy one of the tickets to wrestle that guy. Oh, my God. It'll be like a like a sanctuary reunion. You can just go like, yeah. hang out with some of the actors. And that, the that's funny because a lot of a lot of people that you may have caught sanctuary probably aren't, you know, connecting those dots like, you know what? I hate that character. I'm gonna go fight him. <laughs> Hell yeah. So there are at least four different named stables in the show from what I could gather, as well as all of the Rikshi shown in the tournament scenes. So there could very well be a handful of other past Rikshi playing minor roles that, you know, we just couldn't find any information on them. The last one that we named, it was super hard to find any information on him. I had to to troll his Instagram to figure (laughs) out who he was exactly. So, but when I saw the picture of him as Aono, Nami, and then I saw, you know, Konishki's uh, Sumo and Sushi, and I had to use a lot of Google Translate. But. Yes. But there were some people behind the scenes as well who come from the world of sumo. Um, one of the very important dudes was Takeshi Amitani. He was the director of sumo action. So he helped train the actors. He choreographed fights and was an all-around consultant for all things sumo in the show. And fun fact, he is also one of the progenitors of Texas Sumo. So the way that it happened was Justin Kizzard had Dark trained. Circle. Yep, Justin Austin, Kizzard, Texas. Dark Circle Sumo, had trained with Yama and had trained with Takeshi Amitani. And that this is back when he lived in L.A. So whenever he uh, left L.A. and moved to Austin and started his own sumo club, uh, he ended up, you know, crossing paths with Tom Zabel. Yes. And Tom Zabel is definitely one of the main guys who has built up Texas sumo oh, from the yeah. ground up. But, you know, whenever uh, you got extra guys coming around wanting to, you know, want to have competition. Yeah. forces and, and, and look, multiply their power. San Antonio and Austin's not that far apart, you know? So yeah, it, was, it must have been really easy. Drive. So anyway, whenever uh, Tom Zabel of Mighty Eagle Sumo, Justin Kizzard of Dark Circle, Sumo, you know, who was trained with Takeshi and Yama. When he came down, they actually trained Corey Morrison, you know, of the Dallas, Dallas Sumo, Sumo Club, Club who trained me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that is my sumo lineage. <laughs> and I just think that's so fucking cool. It's just like, oh my God, those guys. 
and six so it, degrees of sanctuary. Oh my god! It's just like, that's my senpai, senpai, senpai. So that's my great grand senpai. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We had such a great time watching this show, and we really wanted to know what our listeners thought of it, who had watched it and had some hot takes or had some burning questions. So our first question is actually from another progenitor of, uh, well, American, American sumo. sumo, the illustrious John Jacks. Uh, why don't you go ahead and read the comments that he had? Okay. So, Mr. Jack says, some of the violence rings true to what I know, but the young guy's crazed behavior would have had him tossed out on his butt into the street within an hour. Imagine a new cadet behaving like that at West Point. Same outcome. Aloha, bro, and no comeback. <laughs> and that's that's something that I have heard uh, from a lot of people on, you know, like on Facebook, like the Sumo 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 group and, um, you know, the World of Sumo group. Yeah. And there's two different sentiments I kind of heard. One was just like, oh, that is so unrealistic. That would yeah. never happen. That's just, oh, whatever. And then the other one is... Um, well, maybe they just thought they could change him. Maybe they just thought Sumo would fix him. Yeah. I've seen those two responses the most. Honestly, I can see it if it's like a brand spanking new recruit to the stable. But it really seems like it's the ones that have been there for a while that the elders seem to be more reluctant to cast out. You know, yeah. the ones that they've put a lot more work into and invested all this time and energy, when they start acting up, it can be a lot different, but... You know, we can get into more of that but in a I, moment. Yeah, uh, but I think I think that does ring true, though, because there's a lot of uh, blasphemies that, you know, Eno had committed against, uh, you know, oh, the sacredness yeah. of Sumo. <laughs> and hell no, I don't think like any stable in this world, this dimension, you know, outside of Sanctuary's dimension. Yeah. Nobody in IRL. our dimension. <laughs> yeah. Eno would not fucking, he would not last no, very I, long. I think John Jax is right about he, that. He is very right about that but that does not do anything for my suspension of disbelief with watching the show and i'll tell you why it's because to me you know look at all the different stable names you know it's it's just almost like a totally different world a totally different reality and even though they're alluding to these real life stables and alluding to these real life rikishi all in all they could they have plausible deniability because it's all fiction mm -hmm. and i love that i love that that really gives them a like a lot of creative wiggle room but Sumo is serious shit with older Japanese people. Oh, it yeah. It really is. And they take it very seriously. I mean, like us, I, I am a sumo tori. I take sumo exceptionally seriously, but I do like to be irreverent. I do like poop and fart jokes, you know? <laughs> but whenever it comes to actually doing sumo, it, it is something that I hold sacred. And it's because, you know, I want to treat sumo and Japanese culture the way I would wish other people would treat indigenous culture, the mm -hmm. way that I would wish they would treat, you know, Pawnee culture or, you know, Seminole culture, Choctaw culture. For a character like Inno, though, you know, who's already in that culture and really his main motive. Yeah. Motivation at that point in time is just money. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's not the same. That's exactly what I was about to say is that, but I'm a guest within right. the culture. And so to see his behavior like that really kind of like makes my blood run cold because I would seriously, like, if I got, if I, I nothing like that would possess, nothing could ever possess me to act like that within the context of sumo, but it just makes me like shudder to think, what if? Mm -hmm. And it's, 
it's different whenever you're on the inside looking out than when you're on the outside looking in. Whenever you're an insider, you know, you do have a bit more wiggle room because you do have that cultural consciousness. You do have that background. You, you, you just know there's things that you know from growing up that way that outsiders just kind of don't get. Right. And so I think that uh, within the realm of the fictional story, I think that Insho just really saw a lot in himself as Oyakata and has a former Rikishi. I think he saw so much of himself in Inno, he just wanted to keep giving him a chance. And he was fucking good. Yeah. He, he won 21 consecutive bouts. Yeah. And so uh, for that reason, for his skill and for the fact that he just saw a lot of himself in this rebellious kid, he just wanted to help him out. He wanted to keep him around. Yeah, those are all very good points. I agree. But as far as the actual violence in the show, uh, we did get a question from Kaylin and Ben, who apparently share a Facebook account. Yeah, they're Iron Mountain. <laughs> Iron Mountain Sumo Club out there in Tennessee. So they asked, what do you like most about the series? And do you think the violence in the series is worse, the same, or not as bad compared to pro sumo, like in real life. Yeah. So as far as what we liked about the series, we are going to get more into that a little bit later, but I do want to say the creators did a hell of a job keeping up the drama oh, and the yes. suspense, and I really appreciate that they kept it so engaging from scene yeah. to scene. As for how realistic the violence is, and the bullying, and the hazing, and whatever you might want to call it, I honestly would not be surprised if it is pretty similar to reality. There are some recent ex-Rikshi who have expressed that it only seems the JSA has gotten better at not letting these incidents get out to the public instead of actually putting forth an effort to stop it. Yet, we do still see recent cases that have broken through to the public eye, such as the Isegahama incident last year that involved a wrestler being beaten and having boiling water thrown on him. And then the uh, the most recent one earlier this month at Michinoku Stable. That's Kiribayama Stable. Mm-hmm. From what I heard, he didn't even really know about it. Uh, that victim was actually hit with a frying pan and shot with an airsoft gun. And yeah, it's not a real gun, but if you've ever been shot with an um, airsoft gun I or a BB gun, that shit fucking hurts. And it can okay? break the skin. It sucks. It can, it can actually break bones, too, depending on where oh, you shoot shit. someone. But, you know, all of this happened only to have the Oyakata respond by saying that it was just brotherly fighting like what would happen in any family and you know coming from the res that that tracks like we, we used to shoot each other that's why i know what it feels like to be shot with an airsoft gun and we did beat the hell out of each other but the frying pan maybe not so much boiling water hell no nah. well it it definitely seems like it wasn't something that was happening in front of the oyakata like that seems to kind of be the trend now is you know make you sure no one's it. looking when you start bullying these people and looking again at the latest violence scandal it seems to be that uh, the perpetrator made sure to never abuse his victim in front of the Michinoku Oyakata. Uh, however, again, using Michinoku as an example, it still seems to be 
a struggle just to gain an appropriate response, even when the victim does speak up. The victim in that case was very vocal about what he had been through. Yeah, even got his folks involved. Very brave coming forward. He went through all the right channels. And eventually, because nothing was really being done about it, he had to go to the media. Yeah. And that's the only reason the rest of us found out about it. All right. So uh, next we have Mr. Markinas. Mr. Markinas says, I just want to say, as a sumo wrestler who has been thirsted over, episode three almost killed me with laughter. Oh, my <laughs> God. I freaking know. Okay. So this is, this is my take on a thing. I like to feel sexy. And sometimes uh, I get these, uh, you know, these these thirsty mofos sending me these messages on the internet, especially <laughs> on the Instagram, you know, with names like Chubby Chaser four twenty six 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 sixty nine or whatever. And it's like, okay, fine, you can, you know, compliments are cool, you know, who doesn't like feeling sexy? But dude, don't get fucking weird about it, you know. I don't yeah. want to hear about your tongue in my toes. That's gross. Ew. Yeah, they do that. Or what about the guy that was just like, I just want to hear you fart. Oh, God. It was on Vine or something oh. like that. It's like, I just want to see your picture of your butthole while you fart. I'm like, uh. I okay. <laughs> if, that's, if that's what you're into. But I mean, uh, and oh, gosh. I, and I know Marky, uh, you know, has expressed to me some of the messages he's gotten before. So It can get uh, pretty disgusting. Yeah. it's And, and you know. Even though sometimes it can be embarrassing, sometimes it can make you feel shameful, sometimes it's just like, oh, Jesus, what is wrong with this person? That is still, seriously, not even 1% of what happens to women. As a vagina haver, yeah. let me just say that it might feel good sometimes to get compliments, but... There are way too many incidents where it just gets creepy and sometimes downright scary. Very fucking scary. When you start getting unsolicited attention from people who view you as a sexual object. Yeah. So seriously, if you're listening to this and you send unsolicited dick pics, don't. (laughs) Yeah, that, that one for sure. And also, if you want to compliment someone... Sure, compliment them, but don't make it weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to compliment people like on things that they can help, things that they do. It's just like, oh, your makeup looks really good. Oh, your yes. outfit is very well put together. So, oh, how would you I do like that how you wrestle. For a sumo tori, would you be like, like, oh, you tied your mawashi very well? <laughs> no, I would say it's just like, oh man, you're. I was like, hey, your posture is looking good. Oh, look at that suriyashi. You have, you you got a really good low tachi eye. Yeah. You know, oh, I can tell you've been working on your shiko, your thigh Hell muscles yeah, I are can... getting real defined. Exactly. <laughs> you know, shit like that. That's cool. You know, but it's just like, you know, oh, I just want to slide my tongue between your butt cheeks. And uh, it's just like, Jesus, God, I don't damn. need to hear that on my lunch break after just helping <laughs> yeah. some 90-year-old figure out what their password is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you work in tech support and you're, you know, angry and kind of frustrated and you're just like, okay, I just have to make it through, you know, a couple more hours. Oh, I got my 15-minute break. Instagram Let me check my Instagram. And yeah. you're like, oh, God, it's some, like, shriveled dick with like it's like that's not what i wanted to see on my fucking lunch break yeah jesus that doesn't sound very uh lunch tastic but what i did think was funny in the scene in sanctuary uh whenever um they're the the scene that mr marky nas is oh, talking the scene, about yes the the episode three scene where he you know 
you know. finds out that one of the other wrestlers has an admirer and decides to make money off of this by uh, taking covert pictures of that other wrestler in his stable. And shower s- video. And shower video to sell to this admirer, and which is not cool, but the response to it. So yeah, once, uh, and was it Inku? It was Inku, right? Inku, I think. Yeah, so whatever Inku finds out, and he's super fucking pissed about it, goes right up to Inno, and he's like, why didn't you make me look cool? (laughs) That was his problem with it. That was his only fucking problem with it. It was like, yeah, you put all these pictures of me looking naked and sexy all over the internet, but why didn't you make me look cool? And (laughs) I thought that was a weird response at first. It wasn't until about the third watch through that I noticed when Inno gets the idea to do this, he is watching Inku tack pictures of himself up on the wall. Like, I think he's a little bit conceited, Yeah, you know, so that's why he had that. reaction but i i can kind of understand because you know even if someone is gonna take like covert pictures of me i I at least want them to look good god damn (laughs) (laughs) and from mr drew bramlett you want to read this one yeah so drew says if there's anything you could change about the show whether it be a character change actor choice location what would it be and why I want to know more about Eno's mother's boyfriend. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> that guy's great. He is the only black dude in the show. Only one. He shows up multiple times. He even has a few lines, but I cannot find the actor's name. I can't either. Anywhere. If anyone knows the name of the actor who portrays Sanae's boyfriend, and it, you, you know who he is because he's the only black dude in the whole the show. The only black dude in the whole show. And he's constantly feeling her up. Well, you know, what yes, they are constantly like, well, like I said, like I put in the synopsis, dry humping each other in public constantly. And what's worse about it is, um, well, this isn't going to be a huge spoiler, nah. but Inno's father was hit by a car and is in a coma. Well, he was in a coma. Now he's just kind of paralyzed. He can't really At do the, much. By the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So like- But they're well, sitting there next to his hospital bed, just making out. Yeah. He's just- he Feeling just, up on her titties. Yeah. And he's just laying there like, well, fuck. <sighs> it's, I mean, the character, I don't know what to really think about the character. Is he also just kind of a dick or is he just kind of- I think he's just, horny. <laughs> I think he's just there for the ride. He's just, you know, some, yeah. he just, he's just horny. And he's, but I really want to know who that actor is. I do too. Because honestly, he is pretty cute. <laughs> and and he, he brought a lot of like brevity to the show whenever oh, it yeah. really needed it, I think. Especially, there was a scene after Inno had a- uh, he almost got kicked out. Yeah. And then his mom and the boyfriend came to yell at him. At the at the stable. Yeah, at the stable. And so like while they're sitting there screaming and it's it's uh, I think Insho said she's even crazier than he is or something like that. It's like, oh, this whole family's just freaking crazy. And so they're just throwing shit at each other and just screaming and carrying on and just all of this crazy shit. And like the boyfriend's standing there with a couple of the the Rikshi just watching this all happening. And he's just kind of looking at him like, hey, how's it going? So- and he's he's hitting his vape, you know, and he, yeah. he kind of looks over and they're staring at him and he's like, oh. Oh, sorry, am I not supposed to vape here? 
that's why I say maybe he's just a little clueless and just Yeah, I you know. I don't know. I just I thought he was I thought he was a great addition and he really was like when the show gets funny, it's fucking hilarious. And oh, yeah. he definitely brought like a good chunk of that hilarity. And that's what I love about the show is it has its very dramatic moments and it has its horrifying moments and it has its very comedic moments as well. It doesn't do anything small. Every single aspect of this show is a gut punch or a face punch. It's pretty punch over the a, top sometimes. It is yeah. very over the top. That's kind of why I like it. It's fucking ridiculous. Basically, if you've ever watched um, Rowdy Sumo Wrestler Matsutaro, or, oh, or the, yeah. the manga is called uh, Matsutaro Notari. So if you've ever watched that, and I know a lot of people that hate it, it's basically the dark and gritty version of that. Yeah. Except, you know, um, what's that? Matsutaro's, like, little buddy's a fellow wrestler, but, you know, Inno's little buddy is a Yobadashi. Right, right. But it's it's essentially the same. It's It, it really is. Very except similar. There's a lot more heaviness. There's a lot more dark shit, I guess, you oh, know. Yeah. But um, one of the things that people always talk about when they say they don't like Matsutaro is that he's just horribly unlikable. Inno has that. And, uh, but Inno has like aspects of his personality that kind of uh, draw people back from just outright hating him. You know, yeah. he has redeeming qualities. That's the word I'm looking for. He does have redeeming qualities. Matsutaro does um, not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was about to say is like if you've only seen that anime, you know, that's on Crunchyroll. That's only like the first season. You could say it's season one, where it just ends with him leaving Sumo with his little buddy. That's not how it ends. If you in pay, the manga. Well, if you just pay, even if you pay attention to the anime, whenever he's the narrator, whenever he's uh, given exposition and storyline, he has an Oicho Mage. He's wearing a Yukata. And uh, the way his hair, he, he's, I, I don't know if he's a Yokozuna, but he's a Sekitori for sure. Yeah. So he, whenever he left Sumo at the end, that wasn't the end. He comes back and, you know, kicks ass. Yeah. But, you know, we don't see that part. But in um, Sanctuary, you know, as a parallel, we do start to see Inno, you know, coming back and kicking ass. Yeah, and kind of, you know, really getting into it and taking it seriously. More serious. That's, and yeah. finally starting to do Shiko. <laughs> that, oh, man. But that whole uh, training scene in episode seven, you know, that whole, it's like the Rocky fucking oh, yeah. scene. You know, if you could almost hear Eye of the Tiger or that. What's that other one? Do, do, do. Do, do, do. It's almost like that kind of feeling you get watching Rocky, you get from watching this training montage. It's a fucking training montage. And I will tell you this, I watch that shit, it gets me pumped up. Whenever I was a little <laughs> kid, I would drink way too much Coca-Cola and Dr. Pepper, and I would watch Bruce Lee movies, and we would go out on Yellow Horse Drive, and we would beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> we would karate the hell out of each other. It was like me and my cousins, the leading Fox kids down the street, and fucking, uh, God, I can't remember who else. But we would get together when it would flood, and all the drainage ditches had like waist-deep water. We would just kung fu the shit out of each other. It was great. So... <laughs> That same feeling I got as a little kid, you know, getting hyped up on caffeine and karate movies is the exact same fucking feeling I get watching that training scene in Sanctuary. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do some goddamn Shiko. <laughs> it, it really, it pumps me up. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And I made my brother do Butsukari with me uh, after watching that for like 
fucking 20 minutes straight until I dropped. I couldn't do Butsukari no more. But Dang. it was so, it was, that's what pumped me up to do it. So I think before I go to Keiko from now on, I just have to put that on or just watch it in the car, you know, while I'm driving down Hell there or yeah. something. But seriously, that, if you want to get motivated and, you know, you do sumo, watch that goddamn scene in episode seven. Yes, that is uh, definitely something that uh, I know one of the questions earlier was, what do you like about the show? That is something that I like about the show Mm -hmm. is seeing Inno's progression just from this kind of little thug. Yeah, into like a dedicated sumotori, you know? Uh, As far as things that we might want to change about the show, as Drew had asked, the only thing I would change is I thought it was kind of weird that a Rikshi of uh, Inno's rank was allowed to walk around in street clothes so much. Oh, that was another thing people brought up. Yeah, that didn't seem very realistic to me as far as what I know about how the the wrestlers are supposed to present themselves out in public, uh, especially the lower-ranked wrestlers. So I don't even know so if I would say that it's something I would change. I just thought it was a little yeah, off. You there's, know? there's three things I do have to say about that in particular. So whenever they're around the stable, you notice Inno was outside smoking a lot, right? Oh, yeah. So whenever you're just outside the stable, you know, and it's after, you know, it's after Keiko, it's after lunch, after the nap, you know, and then you got to do it. He would it, go to the park across the street and, and smoke. smoke cigarettes. But yeah, but but at that particular time during the day, other Rikishi would just be wearing their inside clothes, you know, like some shorts and some t-shirts and they would go to the store, you know, pick up something to eat or, you know, if it was something close within walking distance. Yeah, that's they, they do that. You know, that's a thing. Mm. But um, and, and you'll see some of those um, like sumo primetime or like even the you know nihon sumo kyokai videos you know they'll they'll show them like in the stable but just wearing shorts and a t-shirt but sometimes they'll go to the store like that so it's whenever they're going out and about and they plan on being out for the day like the dates that he went on with nanami that would have and and if you notice inga was in a yukata whenever they first met right so it's just weird to me that he would go to these clubs he would go to these restaurants he would be seen in public without a yukata but that brings me to the third thing i wanted to bring up is that the fucking uh there's an anthropology we would say there's what people say there's what the rules are and then there's what people do and so, if uh, remember Asonoyama, whenever he got uh, suspended, they mm-hmm. were uh, talking about how whenever he was breaking the COVID protocols, he was wearing Western clothes. Uh, so yeah. in Ozeki, you know, That's going true. out, he was you know, in Ozeki. and he was wearing like kind of the same fashion as Inno, you know, that kind of like, uh, you know, I listen to hip hop, yeah, but I'm, yeah, street clothes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's and that's that's the thing, too, is there are rikishi that do try to sneak out and they do wear their Western clothes when they kind of want to be cool. Or, and, and that's another thing I kind of was always curious about. What about Shodai and his goth wear? You know, like, <laughs> where, where does that come in? Does he put on his onk necklace and his, <laughs> his fucking eyeliner and like, well, okay, speaking of which, Inno did have a lot of black crushed velvet that he a wore in the show. of black crushed velvet. <laughs> Maybe he was channeling a little bit of uh, Shodai's thoughts <laughs> there. See, I think Inno might have been, you know, representative of several different rikishi. Or, and honestly, I think it's more of like an archetype, like a character right. archetype within, you know, the Japanese 
style of writing, like within Japanese pub culture, I think Inno is like an archetype. Anything else that you might want to change about the show or um, as, as far as like the actor choice, I thought all of the actors were fantastic. Oh, fucking great. I'm glad I know who Onigiri is now. The comedian. <laughs> yeah, he Onigiri plays, is great. Uh, Umayama. Of, yeah, he plays one of the uh, elder Oya, guys. The Oyakata yeah. guys. Yeah, he was like, uh, as far as the Toshiori goes, um, I thought it was really cool that they were able to like de-age them and then mm. show like those um, those portraits, you know, those full life-size yeah, portraits. when they were Rikshi. Yeah, I love I love looking at Unishimas because it's, it's you could tell, I mean, they did a good job with de-aging it, but you could still tell that's a de-aging. It's just like, look at those fucking eyebrows. It's like, look yeah. at that face. Look at those titties. It's no, like, it was the eyebrows. Like, he still had that kind of scowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who Whoever did the makeup for that did a damn good job oh, make yeah. de-aging him, but still, I thought it was kind of ridiculous just getting to know Inushima as a character, and then seeing him as an Ozeki at that portrait, I just wanted to laugh. It's like, oh, that's the guy, no wonder he couldn't be Insho, what a fucking nerd. <laughs> All right, now our next question comes from Nathaniel Hudson from Tennessee Sumo, uh, who goes by Natbug001 on Instagram. And Tennessee Sumo. And Tennessee Sumo, yes. They yeah. do have an official Tennessee <laughs> Sumo Instagram page as well. Oyakata of the Antioch Sumo Bears. Yeah. So he says, after the finale, I immediately messaged Zombie Mommy, who is the Kaylin. Iron Mountain. <laughs> yeah. And cursed the show writers. Since I've cooled off and ruminated, I appreciate it more. It was actually epic. They had better make a season two after all that. And <laughs> I agree. I may literally cry if there isn't a season two. Well, what I'm Knowing hoping... Knowing Netflix, it is very possible <laughs> that they will forego any more seasons, but we're just going to have to keep all of our fingers and toes um, and eyes and legs crossed. About that. What? what, what? It was Did number one something? for two weeks on Netflix Japan. That's true. That is true. And I think it might catch on more. I know like within the sumo world, especially the online sumo community, there's a lot of people that have watched it and there's a mm -hmm. whole influx of newbies that are curious about sumo because of it. Yeah, you know, I mentioned that I was doing an episode about a J-drama on my Facebook page earlier today, and I actually got comments asking, what is this J-drama? And I got to tell people who have probably never even paid attention to sumo before about the show. You know, maybe they, they don't know anything about sumo, but they love watching Japanese TV. Oh, hell yeah. So they who, can go check it out. Who has the best commercials in the world? Japan. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Some of their commercials are just fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, next question from the illustrious Eros Armstrong. Oh, I love, love you, her. Eros. Absolute okay. legend. Who's your favorite character and why? So I really love Kunishima's spunk and willingness to take on anyone's bullshit. Uh, I also really loved Shimizu. Is oh, that the, uh, Yobidashi? the Yobidashi? Yeah. yeah, Shimizu. I honestly think he has the most passion for sumo Agreed. out of all of the characters. He's pretty small, and he wasn't able to put on any weight, and he can't really make it as a wrestler. 
But that doesn't stop him one bit. He wants to stick with Sumo, so he just becomes a dedicated Yobadashi instead. And he's always pushing Inno to do his best, even if he has to chase him down and beg him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. I also really liked uh, Ryuki. I think he's a very interesting character. Oh, yeah. And I kind of just feel for him, you know? Sometimes people who achieve a lot and appear to have, like, a really great life are just really struggling with stuff behind the scenes. Man, and sometimes that, it can be really dark stuff. That you know? fucking tracks. That tracks hard. Yeah. Who For are some of your favorite characters? Shizuuchi. Shizuuchi. I fucking <laughs> feel Shizuuchi so fucking hard. I so, really liked him too. At this at this point, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to break just one spoiler. It's fine. Uh, I left some of the more important ones alone, but this one um, is important to the story, but I'm going to break it anyway. A lot of people stopped watching because of the matricide. Oh. They thought there was straight... And I think actually it may have listed that in the content warnings on Netflix. It might have said content warning matricide. Well, they made it look like he was the one that killed his mother and his little brother. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what happened. And no. again, once you get to, you know, the most inspirational episode seven, uh, that's whenever you see more um, about Shizuuchi's past and about what really happened that day. Yeah. And his his name is actually in the show. His real name in the show is uh, Kunihiko. Mm-hmm. And you could see his uh, it was like a ghost or a hallucination of his mom. Like, Come on, Kunihiko. Yeah. That was oh She was, seemed to have a lot of problems though. She really did. So and and that's that's kind of why I feel for him, you yeah. know. Um I think she was a single mother and uh she was very drunk, very belligerent, and very abusive towards and those two it little boys. Like maybe mentally ill as I well. I think she had some some mental illness. Not that, you know, mental illness even leads to that the vast majority of the time, but it's just uh, it's it's kind of hard to watch that, but it really lends a lot to the character. It shows and, who he is and yeah, what he's been through. And you really start to understand his motivations and why he does what he does why he's mute so yeah he never talks in the show at all so one of the things that he does speak with is sumo and uh he's part of the koku stable and his oyakata called him bakemono called him a monster and uh he was training with the sekitori uh whenever they were having keiko but he had his right arm no his left arm pinned and he was only able to use his right arm while fighting the sekitori and And the uh, oyakata was asked about that like hey why does he have his his left arm pulled back and the oyakata's response was yeah he's left-handed um he has to hold back his dominant arm so he doesn't injure the sekitori yes exactly (laughs) but he does uh like i said there's i don't want to spoil too much but i will say kunihiko did not kill his mom and the stuff that had happened, uh, you know, to show what kind of a monster he can be, to me, doesn't necessarily mean that's who he is. It just shows right. what he's capable of. And, you know, personally, I've been through some shit like that. There's what I've done. There's what I'm capable of doing, you know, but I would really rather not be pushed that far. And I right. could see Shizuuchi as much of the same. You know, he is capable of great violence and great brutality, but he would just much rather not be pushed that far. He would just rather do sumo and just kind of do his thing. 
Well, speaking of what he's capable of, our next question comes from Lakota MC on Instagram, who I think is a a Dallas member. Yeah, right? yeah, right. It's, yeah, okay. Lakota, yeah, Lakota Garrison. He, I think uh, I met him a couple of times. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty tall, and he's got like curly hair. I think yeah, he's yeah. Lakota. Yeah, like, like he's a, he's actually like love the Lakota people, you know. Yeah. So no, he was named after his his people. His people yeah. so. <laughs> so he asks, "What parts of the body do you think can be slapped off?" Um. So I wasn't even aware that ears could be slapped <laughs> off. I kind of wonder if. Something like that might have happened in the past, and maybe that's the reason they now have the the rules that they have, the requirements of like open palm strikes only, and no reaching between the legs. Um, gosh, what do you even think would Was be there... the name of like a a dick removing oh, Marite? <laughs> well, you know, back before sumo was codified into what it is, I think that was during the Heian period. I would um. I'd have to ask, but before sumo was turned into what it, it really was, just dudes butt naked in the streets fighting to the death. Yeah, That's, no, there were kicks, punches, all kinds of stuff. And sumo at that point was an actual like fighting system. I will always maintain that sumo is a martial art. And in fact, it's one of the, the pillars of Budo. But I think it's not – and you hear people like fucking – what's his name? Uh, Joe Rogan and his ilk. You know, they'll oh, say things yeah. like, oh, well, sumo's not combat effective. Or, yeah. you know, you couldn't really use that against BJJ or whatever people yeah, like well, that say. he also say. believes in chemtrails or whatever. So <laughs> well, who cares? Anyway, but what I was going to say is like sumo did actually have its roots as a comprehensive fighting system. It just had to get nerfed to make it palatable for the nobles, yes. which is why they use, you know, open palms. Yes, and for the like religious aspect of it and stuff yeah. as well. Well, but that still doesn't answer the question, what parts of the body do you think can be slapped off? <laughs> okay, so if we're talking about ancient sumo, like Baki style, the dick, for sure. Because you if you're butt naked fighting and you're like, you know, doing this, like fighting, fighting. Just grab and twist until it just kind of. No, but slapped off. Could you have a powerful enough Harite like to slap someone's dick off? Opening a Coke bottle or something. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> How fucking. Uh, okay. Where's Francis Ngano? Is he willing to slap off a dick? Nose. I think, I think if you do it just right, nose. Definitely teeth. I mean. Teeth. And we, we yes. saw teeth. You could definitely slap some teeth out. I mean, I've seen that happen outside of Sumo before. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I would say any type of floppy danglies. Yeah. Nipples. Oh, yeah, nipples. <laughs> I mean, look at, think about little teeny tiny dude nipples. I mean, you just catch it just right. You might fucking. Little teeny tiny dude nipples. I don't know. I've seen some big nipples. I've seen some big dude nipples, but I've also seen some fucking micro nipples. Yeah. Like, what's that actor's name? Uh, what's his name? He was on Community. They called him micro nipples in the show. Eric Christian Olsen, that guy. Ah. But but anyway, so I mean, if you have teeny tiny nipples like that and just say, you know, and this is very important, trim your fucking fingernails. Yes. But if someone didn't trim their fingernails and they had some fucking huge coke nail, you know, and they're trying to do their tupari <laughs> on you and they fucking slice your nipples off, you know, that's, I think that counts. 
Oh, God. I don't like thinking about my nipples being scraped off. <laughs> right? But, or any body part just being slapped off. You know, it's kind of like how Star Wars had like has like a weird obsession with amputating body parts. Yeah. I think Sanctuary might kind of be getting into that same territory. You think so? Maybe. You think we're going to see some more body parts getting slapped off in the show? Maybe. I think there's going to be more brutality. Oh, there's definitely going to be more brutality. All right. Next question we have is from Bass Playing Fool. <laughs> they ask, how does this compare with the sumo-based series available on Disney Plus, Sumo Do, Sumo Don't? Oh. We were actually planning on doing an episode about that show as well. Yeah. But and things I'll... happened and we just got to this first. <laughs> yeah. But um, so Sumo Do, Sumo Don't actually was um, choreographed, coordinated, what have you, by Takeshi Amatani. Yeah. He was part of the so... production for that as well. So what I really what I really liked about Sumo Do Sumo Don't is the characters' movements. They uh, and and a lot of credit goes to the actors, um, but they kind of some of them appear unsure of themselves, and whenever they start to get the hang of sumo, they don't have like those chiseled, practice, oiled, graceful movements that you know a pro rikishi would have, and you could really visually tell. These are amateur sumo wrestlers. Yeah, that's the biggest difference is Sanctuary is about pro sumo. Yeah. Sumo do, sumo don't is about amateur sumo. And sumo do, sumo don't is a very lighthearted, um, would you say quasi-romantic? Oh, yeah. There's definitely. a little bit of romance There's in there. There's definitely more romance in that show than there is in Sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> and less blood. <laughs> a lot less blood. There's still blood in sumo do, sumo don't. Definitely not as much, though. Yeah. So Sumo Do Sumo Don't is uh, a sequel to the original movie, I think that came out in 1992, uh, about a failing sumo club at a Christian university in in Japan. Mm -hmm. And so there's a a guy that's from, I think he's English, and, you know, he's a part of the team. It's kind of like a bunch of misfits. Yeah. So a lot of those characters from, you know, the original movie make appearances in, you know, the uh, the sequel. But it's mostly about these younger college kids. They have a lot of parallel adventures that they did in the movie. But it's um, it's it's longer. You know, I think it's like 10 episodes and each yeah. one's like an hour. So they really dive into the story. They You really get to know and love all of these characters in Sumo Do, Sumo Don't. But it is nowhere near as brutal. It's like the polar opposite. It's lighthearted. It's hilarious. It's, uh, you know, sometimes you feel that kind of romantic tension yeah. here and there. And it's it's something that you could watch with your kids. Well, one of the other big differences as well is the presence of women. Yeah. You know, in Sumo Do, Sumo Don't, the first person you see in that series doing sumo, not the movie, the series. Yeah. Is a female character. And, and there are multiple female characters in the doyo doing sumo yeah. throughout the show. Hell yeah. Whereas in Sanctuary, there's a scene pretty early on where uh, I think it was Inno had, uh, you know, he was being beaten up by one of the other Rikshi, and Kunishima steps in to try to stop him. Oh, and this was just at the Keiko, like yeah, at the stable. Yeah, this was just yeah. at the Keiko, at the stable. This wasn't a tournament. They weren't at the Kokuki Con or anything. It was just practice, normal, everyday practice. She steps in to try to do something about it, and they're like, oh, no women on the sacred 
dojo, you know, the the, the sumo the, sanctuary. Yeah, the I can't I can't fuck, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the practice space. It's something geiko, geiko. I can't remember yeah. the Japanese term. But yeah, you, there's no women allowed, you know, on the on the clay. Yeah, whereas in sumo do sumo don't, every practice there are women in Mawashi's doing sumo with the men. Yeah. And in the first, in the movie, Sumo Do, Sumo Don't. Um, there were there was even a, a female wrestler in that one as well. Yeah. She went undercover, though, you know. So she mm-hmm. wore, a, what do you call one of those shoulder chest binders, you know, to kind of to hide her boobs. And, you know, she put her hair up in a chonmage and, you know, was just wearing a Mawashi. So she gets up, starts, you know, kicking some ass. So it's, you know, she's kind of doing it undercover. But I think they were saying, uh, and that's one of the sentiments expressed in the movie, is that women should be able to do sumo too. Right. And they really bring that back over with sumo do, sumo don't, with no, women can do sumo too. Like, hard stuff. And it's I, I fucking I fucking love that they say sumo is for everybody, and yes. that's what Dallas Sumo Club's all about too. And that very last episode, spoiler alert: a sumo <laughs> do, sumo don't. They're talking about a co-ed tournament. Yeah, yeah, and we just had something like that with the Roller uh, Town Roller Town, yeah. Roller Town Showdown there in Salina, Texas. Salina, Salina, Salina. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was fantastic. It was I really fun. wish we had been able to get. Um, some of the other just really spectacular U.S. Uh, women wrestlers out there, like Eros Armstrong, yeah. like Kellyanne Ball. You know, the the ones that were there, don't get me wrong, were fucking fantastic. You know, like one of my new favorite ones is um, Etan oh, from yeah. Dallas Sumo Club. Dude, she fucking kicks She's ass. brutal. I want to see her go up against Kellyanne or, you know, even go up against like arrows or just, uh, I want to see everybody fight. I know, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) But that is going back to the show. That is something that Kunishima brings up later on as well. When they're having a press conference with the new Ozeki, uh, Ryuki, she asks him, well, what do you think about, you know, possibly changing this tradition of women aren't allowed in the doyo? And he kind of gives a non-answer about it, which was apparently still too much for his father, who freaked out about yeah. it. But it it kind of makes me wonder if that's something that's going to be pushed more later on in the series. If you they know? do, if they do more of this, they should. And I'm going to be very mad if I they don't. I hope they do. But I hope that is something that they tackle too. All right. Next question is from Ben Marquez. Who is in Japan right now. Yes. We currently s- in Japan. I know he was able to go to day one of uh, the current Bosch show. Oh, and he was on Sumo Primetime. And he was on Sumo Primetime. <laughs> and he got a shout out on the Sumo Primetime live stream that we yeah, just watched. Yeah. Hiro Morita was like, and I met this guy named Ben and he was very cool. And, <laughs> and like, he, he was just, from Texas. And he's <laughs> like, and yeah, he just gave Texas like a whole shout out. Thanks to Ben. Yes. So fuck yeah, Ben. Ben asks, how do you feel about how the series ends? And what are your hopes for season two, if there is one? So I actually liked how season one ended. I know a lot of people didn't, but I mean, at this point, we've had these kind of endings in so many different shows so often where it's just... You know, it cuts off right in the middle of the action. Yeah. But they do that on purpose to get you to watch the next season. It's it's to give you that feeling of suspense to where you just can't wait to watch more. 
Um, I really loved how the in-show Rikshi started to finally get along toward the end, and the last moments were just, like, so suspenseful. I am really hoping that there is a season two. Uh, if there's not, like I said earlier, I I may just have to cry about it. <laughs> I may just have to to shed tears into my Pochita uh, stuffed <laughs> plushie. And just uh, mourn the loss of more sanctuary. <laughs> I hope that we find out more about what's motivating Shizuuchi. Oh, hell yeah. And I would love to hear him say his first words in the show. Uh, I think that Ishihara, that's a character we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, Ishihara, yeah. I thought was super cute. Ishihara is super cute. He's like, he's just kind of like a little, like a little puppy dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes to a fault, though. So one yeah. of the other things that I hope is that he stops being such a doormat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also hope that Inno keeps wearing lots of black crushed velvet like some sort of 90s goth chick. <laughs> <laughs> Get that boy Switchblade Symphony CD. But how do you feel about how it ended? And what are you hoping to see in season two? Man, I wish they would have at least gone, showed us the results of uh, the bout. You know, that the final bout that they're showing, like right there in the final moments of the final episode. It's like, man, you can't get me wet and not fuck me. What the hell? <laughs> So I did kind of have that what the hell moment about it, but um, I don't know. I've kind of grown to like it when they end stuff like that. But yeah. the the Don Potsky was so fucking sad. It I was, was. Like, oh. yeah. I, and honestly, that scene was another reason why the Yobadashi guy. What is his name again? Shimizu. Shimizu. That's another reason why he uh, really started to grow on me was because of that scene. You could really tell in that moment, like just his dedication for this thing that he loves so much. Oh, know? yeah. For me, I think I would really want to see, I want to see kind of how Inno starts to deal with this trauma a bit more. You know, I kind of want to see, uh, I, that, to me, that was personally inspiring because of the shit that I go through, the shit that I've been through, the shit that I'm still dealing with. But, you know, seeing, uh, you know, how he faced his trauma and seeing that his family is as fucking crazy as mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel for him in that respect too. You know, even though I identified more with Shizuuchi, there were certain scenes with Inno that I was like, Oh God, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I really want to see him, uh, you know, kind of grow and change. I want to see that budding Kunishima and, uh, you know, fucking Inno romance. <laughs> I think. You really think that's going to happen? I think Nanami's going to rear her head back again and cause some trouble. Ooh, that actually brings me to one of the theories that I found online, mm. which is the theory that Ito, the obscenely old, creepy guy who's the like nefarious way Shinto priest kind of guy, that he hired Nanami. What? Yeah, I found this on uh, some sort of uh, Japanese blog that was talking about the series. So besides the fact that Nanami is obviously stringing him along for money, it is possible that Ito had hired her to mess with him. And there are some clues throughout the show that kind of lend weight to this theory. It does seem kind of like too much of a coincidence that they were both from the same town. You remember when they first met at that hostess yeah. club? She literally just walks up to him and gets him to tell her his name. And then she goes, 
oh, wait, you're from the same town as me. And then what the fuck was up with that yearbook that he found in her closet? Oh, after he tried not to sniff her panties? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, he he finds that yearbook and there's a name, Nana Koga, and it's just totally scratched out. So what the fuck is that? And the the picture is scratched out. You can still read the name, but the picture is just totally scratched out. And that's what I was wondering is like, so if they are from the same town. Well, I was kind of wondering, does the yearbook say that it's from that? town or that well i don't think it was the same town i think it was like maybe the same region or something yeah. um same it's, prefecture it's hard or to tell yeah but does it say maybe uh the name of a different town than what she said she was from i don't or is i, I don't it think it had one? anything on the i think it was just like blank on the outside it, it did have because i watched it a few times because i was trying to see if there were any clues it did have um, some stuff on the cover, but I mean, I don't read fucking Japanese. <laughs> well, if maybe we could find someone that reads kanji that could be like, you know, tell yeah. us what this has, please. But I think if they Still, are- it's if, very intriguing. If they are from the same town, I think that's more incentive for her to come back in the second season. Hmm, I and don't because know. Because there might After be some shit in the past. their relationship ended. Yeah. But Ito, that whole shit with Ito, there was a, a whole scene, you know, involving the the Yaucho Zumo, and mm-hmm. uh, he does know a f- lot about peoples. If there was anyone that he wanted to know anything about, he knows weird, intimate details about their life. There was yeah. a that journalist that he picked up, and then he goes, "Oh, here, this is for you," and dropped him off like at his with like the candy, yeah, at his baby mama's house, yeah. And then she goes, "Oh, she took the bag from." Him, goes, "Oh, I'm glad that you picked these up. You know, our kid loves these." And and like he well, knew, and she said, "Oh, she just got into these. Oh, like that's she just started liking them." And then he's like, "Oh, fuck!" He didn't realize what he was holding. <laughs> he didn't know what was in the bag when Ito handed it to yeah. him. But Ito knew whatever that new finger snack was that she liked or yeah. that the kid liked so it was, that was creepy that he knew that much and orchestrated shit to where you know all of that just kind of unfolded and that really illustrated that he's got connections to make shit happen yeah and he knows minute scary details about people and could find out shit if he wants to oh i could just see him becoming such a great fucking villain i know like he's like a the gus fring of the sumo world yes. and he's not even part of the kyokai he's like a fucking just a, a patron of the real koku stable yeah he's that's, like a, a sponsor or whatever yeah, that's that's all. Oh, I can't wait for season I know, two. I'm, I'm already just like so ready to watch it. Come on, Netflix. Don't make me kick you in come the dick. On. As a little bit of an aside, I found some interesting trivia tidbits, uh, mostly having to do with the wordplay in in the show. So uh, one of the things that I noticed in the English version, Inno calls Shizuchi Two-Face, you know, because he has that big scar. Yeah, like on, in Batman. Yeah, Two-Face, like from Batman. But in the Japanese version, he refers to him as Franken, which is short for Frankenstein. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense because, you know, he's re- also referred to in the series as a quote-unquote monster. Yeah. And, you know, Frankenstein's monster, and he is a pretty big guy. So 
I thought that was a pretty interesting little uh, yeah. change that they made there. That's, that's what I was wondering, too, because I kept saying Two-Face, Two-Face, and I was listening to the Japanese, and I was like, I'm not hearing anything that sounds like Two-Face. And I started, what do they call Two-Face in Japan? And so, but then I heard you saying Frank, and I was like, oh, something yeah. just completely different. No, so. <laughs> they, they just changed it to make it like um, – more understandable to a Western audience, I guess. I guess within pop culture here, you know. Right. So, uh, second little bit of uh, trivia. In show, the name of Inno Stable translates to Monkey General using most <laughs> translation apps. So, yeah, I was like the Monkey General room. Yeah. And it was funny reading some of the synopses where it's like, Inoshima was threatening the Monkey General. <laughs> 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 So, well, speaking of Inushima. Yeah, Inushima, the name of the rival stable trying to sabotage Insho, roughly translates as like Dog Island. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, that's actually, it's like, it's Inujima, you know, but yeah, Inujima. And when I was researching this episode, I actually found it spelled both ways. Yeah, Inu- Inushima, Inujima. I think it's just dialectal differences, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, Dog Island. And that whole, what, what was that Isle of Dogs kind of claymation movie? Oh that yeah, came I out? remember that. Yeah, that's that's the island. But from what makes this interesting is there is an expression in Japanese, like the equivalent in English is, oh, they're fighting like cats and dogs. In Japanese, it's kenen no naka, which translates to a dog and monkey relationship. Yeah. So they're fighting like dogs and monkeys in Japan. They fight like cats and dogs in the US. But I guess dogs and monkeys just, they don't get along in Japan. I would. No, there's not a lot of monkeys around here to interact with the dogs. So yeah, so you don't see dogs chasing monkeys, and probably monkeys antagonizing the dogs. But Do you think that was deliberate though that oh, they yeah. named those stables after the dog and the monkey? I I think that's very much deliberate. Like, I think so too. There, there was a whole lot of uh, cultural references that were in the show that uh, I think were you know kind of hard to catch for a lot of people. Um, like whenever you see. Inya, whenever he's in this uh in the Koko Gikan, you know, he's putting on his knee brace, getting ready for his bout, and he's looking over and sees a uh Sekitori getting his hair done up in the uh in the Oicho, you know, Chomage. And so he's just kind of looking at him all wistfully. You know, I think if somebody didn't know the difference between, you know, his uh Makushta Chonmage and then the Oicho, you know, if if that that might be a scene that just may may have confused somebody or they just might not have caught it at all. Right, because really what it was was he was kind of remembering his own experience up in that division yeah. when he was Komusubi, when he had made it to his highest rank. And then here he was just struggling to get back to Jurio. Yeah, it's uh there were there was a lot of stuff that I think um you, if you, the more immersed in sumo you are, there's a lot more that you can pick up. So if you know somebody that has watched it and it was just like, oh, I don't like it or I don't really get it, and you're really into sumo, watch it with them, help them understand, get them into sumo. Yeah, definitely. Even if they don't know the first thing about sumo, you know, if you watch it with them, I'm sure you can explain a few things, get them a little more familiar with it, and then they might become curious. And then they might want to come join your sumo club if you're part of a sumo club. And if you're not, you guys can start your own sumo club. Hint, hint. (laughs) 
Well, I have so much more to say about this show. I do too. It was so fantastic, but we can't be sitting here talking about TV for the next I three know, hours. Right? There's a whole <laughs> ass basho going on right now. And oh, yes. Yeah, I got to fucking watch that shit. Terra no Fuji is back. Terra no Fuji is back. My sons fought on day one. Yep. OTI and Atami Fuji. But my poor son, Atami Fuji, got smoked. He got well, smoked. But OGI is, is smoking them. Yeah, <laughs> he's smoking all of them fools. That's the show. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. You know where to find us online. You can get us on any of the social media. Punks is spelled with an X. If you look us up on Twitter, it's Punk Sumo because I fucked up the Twitter. Also, we have a Redbubble with lots of really cool designs. Yes, we have a Redbubble shop. And we recently, and also due to Sanctuary, had an excuse to create a tea public store. So you oh. could go to uh, our tea public store to buy a true to the series Piss Factory t-shirt. <laughs> So if you want to, if you haven't seen the show yet, you might not get the reference. <laughs> the piss Go factory watch the part. show. Yes, and buy a piss factory shirt because I totally am. I'm going to sport that, and nobody. The name of my new band, Piss Factory. That's such a deep cut. Like I know. Yeah, you got to really be into shit to be like, oh yeah, dude, piss factory. But if you like our podcast, please give us a five star rating. It helps other people find us and enjoy the show. Uh, you can email us if you want to, sumopunks at gmail.com. Did we cover all the outro info? We covered all the outro info. We did it. That's a wrap. Thank y'all for listening. Bye. Bye.